Welcome to another week on Let's Get Real with Coach Menachem Show, Sunday Nights. Originally a Zoom interactive platform where we discuss real life scenarios with real live people. Okay, everybody, welcome to the share tonight. We're going to have Moshe Weinberger here tonight. We're going to have a very uplifting share. So uh, before we start, I want to also say tonight is our 41st year, Baruch Hashem. Menachem, we're, we're going to have a big CM soon. We're going to do Kamat Kamati year. We started in March when COVID started. So uh, Baruch Hashem, we're doing very well. And I want to thank everybody for every week for posting it all over and all the statuses, letting friends and people know about it. Every week, I, the stories are getting better and better. Menachem is working on the book. We can't wait for it to come out. It's going to be Meridik. Anybody watching the, the, re, uh, the replay of this on YouTube, please click on the like button and the subscribe button. So more people can see the video. I want to thank first our advertising sponsors that, that put us out every week. Lakewood Scoop over here in Lakewood for always pushing our Lakewood crowd over here. Special thanks to Rabbi Yanivka Chazak for putting us on all the Chazak channels. I really appreciate that. A special thank you to Chayla Kaufman and Shmuel Summer from JCN, Jewish Content Network, for always promoting us across all the Jewish platforms. Uh, next week, the Neil Mechanic discussing winning our family's heart and soul, the beauty of Yiddishkeit. Should be an amazing program. Please let people know about it. So it should be a very, very uplifting program. Also, I want everybody who's here tonight to know that we're working with Rabbi Wawa Jacobson on a three-series uh, shear on dating and shidduchim. One focused on uh, parents, one for Bachram, and one for girls in the Parsha. Uh, more details and work on Emi Kol As soon as it comes available, we'll let everybody know. It should be also very, very big chizik for the people that are in that Parsha. Uh, tonight, we have the schuss of having the real famous Mashpia, Rabbi Weinberger. There's so much to say about him. I'm going to keep it short because I don't know too much. And uh, he's coming here to give us a lot of chizik. We're going to open first with David Psicha from Coach Menachem. Uh, Coach Menachem, open up. Yeah. Welcome, everyone, to another show on Let's Get Real with Coach Menachem. And uh, I want to thank everyone who showed up tonight. And for those who send the feedback from the past shirim, and whoever wants the past shirim are available on menachemburnfeld.com. And for the donations that you can donate, whatever it is, thank you all. And thank you, Rabbi Weinberger, for being with us tonight. Tonight's topic, elevating our emotions with emotions. Now, not everyone is, it's not so clear what emotions are. I guess the emotion part we understand better, but the emotions hopefully will um, clarify tonight. Uh, the truth is, while a person is young and you go to Cheder, you listen to your mother or father, get some information. When you're young, you take it in and you live with it, with the Tamimas, with the Pshitas, and you believe. And what happens sometimes, we get older and everybody with different experiences in their life, in a way it looks like we, we get smarter and more mature. And now that we're older, you can't sell us the Brooklyn Bridge. It's not gonna go so easy. And if it's something that I see and I understand, so then I'm in. But if not, and sometimes it can be hard when it comes to Munabitachin and it comes to understanding what you do. And many, many feel a little bit disconnected. So st some stop and they try to figure out. They search, they search for meaning in life, they learn and svarin. Others, they yearn but they just continue doing whatever they did till now and they don't really know where to go 
And whatever they did, they continue. And some don't really want, they're disconnected, but they do it because of, sometimes it can be family, it can be the shul, the community, which, which is good that you're in such a place that holds you, but it doesn't always last so long. And the people around you, they feel it. So hopefully we'll get some a little bit more clarity and connection. The truth is when a person is faced with a challenge, let's say he's in the hospital with a relative and he needs to make a decision about making a minion. So that's when, you know, when there's a challenge, there's more of a connection to the person. He has to know what's his values. You know, I want to dive with a minion, I haven't missed a minion. So you have to make a decision. And uh, we know that our grandparents after the war in America, Shabbos, well, it, it had to be a decision. And uh, it wasn't so easy. Now we can't, we can't know what we would look like in their, in their shoes, but a mitzvah, to make a decision, I need to do the mitzvah, I want to do the mitzvah and actually push myself to do it. And actually when I do it, I feel good that I did it. But for many of us, Shabbos just happens. And uh, it's not that we decided, maybe not consciously. So in today's day, our challenge is, so we're doing the mitzvahs, we're doing it, but the challenge of ours is more of our connection. Where am I when I'm doing the mitzvah? Why am I doing the mitzvah? It's more the, the, the inside of the understanding and the connection. So hopefully tonight will Mitzvah Shem, Rabbi Weinberger help us to elevate Taka our emotions and we should have Siata de Shmaya, Mitzvashem, Shkoyach. Thank you, Coach Menachem, Gershon Shkoyach. Tonight's year actually was sponsored anonymously, but today one of our past speakers, he was so, so happy, he was on the show before, and he said, he feels so many people are being, being, getting chizik every week, he wants to be part of it. I want to tell him, and honestly, you should have a lot of nachs from him and his family, from everybody. And also, somebody else uh, sponsored anonymously, he said, Rabbi Weinberger's Milwaukee Hasidim, whatever that means. Um, again, tonight we're we'll discussing elevating our emotions with emotions, how to feel more connected to Hashem in every aspect of our life. We have discussed that Rabbi Moshe Weinberger here. I'm just going to read a very, very short bio before Rabbi Moshe speaks. Rabbi Moshe Weinberger is the founding and current Rav of Congregation H. Kodesh in Woodmere, New York. He leads a vibrant community of hundreds of families, in addition to thousands of students around the world who listen to his weekly shiurim on Hasidus and more. Rabbi Weinberger is also Mashpia, Mashkiach Ruchni at Yeshiva University. Rabbi Moshe Weinberger, the floor is yours. Okay, <clears throat> so thank you, Rabbi Asher and uh, Rabbi Nachem. Two people I, I've never met in person, but I, I became friends with immediately. And I see some familiar chavayim. It's very uncomfortable, uncomfortable for me to talk to you on a computer. I'd much rather be together with all of you. And... And the time will come that Emit Shem, we should be able to sit together in a normal way in the room together, have a Sichas Chaveirim. There was a word that Menachem used that triggered something in me. It's not a bad thing, don't worry, Menachem. That he triggered something in me when he said that uh, sort of welcoming everybody to the show. I, I, I didn't know this was a show and I certainly would not have agreed to, to be on this show. If, if it's a matter of shows, there are better shows than this, I'm sure. This is a sichas chaveim, but you reminded me, Menachem, of something. And I know you didn't mean it, God forbid, in a bad way. It's just a word, a word. But listen to what you reminded me of. Before we begin, because this is going to be a shakta v'tayu. That's what, that's what Usher told me. We're going to be schmoozing together. 
it's not a it's not a sheer. I'm not lecturing you. We're going to be talking. Even in yeshiva, uh, I refuse to call it a sichas musa. I call it a sichas chaveyim. I'm with the bachrim, with the boys, with the guys, with the yungalite. It's always a sichas chaveyim, a conversation among friends. But Menachem reminded me of of something, and I thought that maybe it would be kedai to start with a, a a story, a little bit about myself, of how I got involved in all of this. What is it that what is it that really changed my life? And I think that it will be helpful. Otherwise, I wouldn't share it with you. It's a little bit embarrassing, but here it goes. I don't know uh, the chavri here that's over that's over 55, 60 years old. You probably remember that. In up, upstate, there was a hotel called the Pine View Hotel. All right, so, you know, like nowadays they have four-star hotels, five-star hotels. Dubai, there are six, seven-star hotels in Dubai. So uh, the Pine View, there, there were no stars, you understand? It was, it was, there were no stars. It was the Pine View Hotel. It was, a, it was a place where you can get kosher food and meet some nice people and get away from the city a little bit. But it's what we would call, I don't mean to insult anybody, but now, by nowadays, by the standards of nowadays, it was not much of dive. So, so there was uh, many years ago, uh, around 45, 46 years ago, there was a Labor Day singles weekend. A Labor Day singles weekend. It's a big, big thing. It was advertised for months before. It was the biggest event you know, for singles to get together. This is a long time ago. Uh, and and uh, Things were a little bit different back then. And, and there was a friend of mine and, uh, and myself, we, we, got, we got jobs being waiters at this, uh, at this Labor Day weekend. And uh, there was a lot of energy, I understand? Hundreds of singles, hundreds of eligible guys and girls. It was Labor Day, Labor Day. And, and we were watching, we were waiters, so we had a good time. And we worked hard, but we were watching. And then it was Matzah Shabbos, and we finished cleaning up everything after Shalshidas. And it was after Shabbos, and they had two shows. We hear Menachem, there were two shows, not one show. There were two shows after Shabbos. One of them was a comedian, and the other one was a magic show. Those were two shows for Matzah Shabbos. Now, it just happened that it was Hashgach Protis that changed my life that that particular year, Shabbos Slichas came out, Labor Day. Sometimes that happens. A few years ago, we had that. This year, it's going to be pretty close. Came out Slichas on Labor Day. So, once Shabbos, there was a problem. The problem was that Slichas, these are all from Chavah, guys and girls, and there are uh, hundreds of them. You have to say Slichas, it's Matzah Shabbos. But there were also two shows. So what happened was as follows. There was the first show, and the guys and girls, everybody sitting together. It was the first show. And the comedian was, was vulgar. It was terrible. It wasn't funny. But that was the first show. And then the scheduling was that there was going to be slichas because it was already time for slichas. And then there would be the second show. So the guys that were running the thing screamed out to set up the mechitza and to have everybody move over. And to have the guys on one side, the girls on the other side, and they started handing out the little bichelach, you know. We didn't have fancy slichas, we had those little booklets, and they were handing out the slichas to everybody, but it was a lot of noise and a lot of energy. Hundreds of, of, of guys and girls, it was a lot of energy. And the guy couldn't shush, he was shush, he, he was trying to get the oilam quiet, he couldn't, he couldn't get the oilam quiet. So finally, he was so frustrated, he screamed out at the top of his lungs into a mic, 
if the oilum will, will be quiet, we'll be able to finish this up and get back to the second show. We'll be able to finish this up, meaning slichas, and get to the second show. I heard that, now listen to me, I was a modern Orthodox kid. I was wearing a yarmulke that, said, that said Moish on it that some girl made for me, you understand? I'm being honest with you. I come from a Heimische background, from Jews, very Heimische background. That's the place that Hashem left me off in. And, and I, was, uh, I was shocked to hear such a thing that this guy summed up my entire life in one sentence. And I looked at my friend and I said, I'm getting out of here. I just don't want to be part of this. I'm leaving. He said, what's the matter? He came running after me and I sat under a tree and this, the two of us spoke the whole night. I said slichas to myself and I said, I said, did you hear? Then he was called, then his name was Lenny. Now his name is Shmuel. I said, Lenny, did you hear that? You hear what he had said? So he said, what did he say? He said, he said, everybody should be quiet. No, no. He said, let's finish the slichas so we can get back to the show. I don't know. Okay, Let's finish the sleep. You have to. People have to mute, mute the uh, thing. Let's get back to the. Let's get back to the show. We have to finish sleepers. And I said to him, I said, Lenny, do you hear? You hear what the guy said? Our learning, our davening, our mitzvahs. You know how we do them. We're waiting to get the shul late for davening to end early. We're just waiting. For, we're just waiting to to get back to the show. We want to finish this stuff up to get back to the show. And after that, the two of us made a little bit late at night sitting by uh, this pond over there. We made this like pact between us that we're going to try to start again. I can't say that I've been very successful. I, want, I, I, I was hoping that I'd be a much better Jew and a much better person. But I met this guy that was running the program years later and I thanked him. I said, I want you to know you saved, your mama saved my life. You changed my whole life. He didn't mean to. He said a really crazy thing and he, he was just trying to, he's just trying to start slichas. He's a great guy. But he changed my life because I decided then that I did not want to have my Yiddishkeit be a Yiddishkeit that was just between shows. So that's what brings us to this show tonight. It's a different kind of a show. It's not the show back in the, in the Pineview 50 years ago. It's, it's Jews who I don't know. Some I see one or two familiar faces. I, I'm not moving around. I, I know I'll do that. I'm on this page. And and if you're on this pay, if you're on this uh, program, it means that you mavaksha Hashem. It means there's something inside of you that's still longing. There's something inside of you that hasn't died. There's something inside of you that hasn't died. And as long as long as a person is in that place of loy almost ki echya, when Dovid Melech said loy almost ki echya, why do you have to say loy almost ki echya? If I'm not dying, then I'm alive. What's like almost kiachia? So Kubi the Dovid Malach was at a singles weekend many years ago. And Dovid Malach said, Do you hear that? I can't believe it. Like almost. It's not enough, Hever, listen to me. It's not enough just not to die. Dovid Malach said, kiachia. The Ban Shalom gave us the Torah. The Ban Shalom wants us to be filled with his presence. It's not enough just not to die. It's not enough just to, to have a Yiddish character that's a checklist. And I did I, I I'm Oiske Davin. I Davin today. Did I Davin Marv? Yeah. 
I'm finished for the day. I remember sitting in your shrine once in a stable, and there was an old Jew, and it was after Marv, it was late. And it was an old Yushalm, and he gave a crash after Marv, and he said, No, Potter. Potter. Do you feel like that sometimes? Potter. So I so Davna said, Loy almost. It's not enough that not to die. It's not enough just to, to somehow be safe and to know that I'm not going to get him because I was a good boy or a good girl. That's the tachlis of being a Jew. If you want to talk about that, welcome to the show. Hey, Rabbi Weimberger. Shkreich for that opening. Yeah. I think the opening goes straight into the, all the amazing questions we have. We're going to do a little poll just to get everybody warmed up. Everybody who's here, please turn on your camera. I did. Everybody who's here, please open the camera. Rabbi Weimberger wants to take everybody's questions as, as, as much as we could do tonight. Um, let's, let's take a question. Rabbi Weimberger is going to answer the question. What is your connection? Four, four answers. Choose one of them. I feel fully connected externally and internally. I do the mitzvahs, but I, inside, I feel, I feel disconnected inside. Option C depends on the day. Option D, weak with doing the mitzvahs, but very connected. That's the first question. Second question is, what area do you feel most emotions? Davening, learning, chesed, mitzvahs, or Shabbos, Yom Tov? Where do you feel the most emotional connection? Okay, everybody, answer questions. We don't know who's answered. Just to give Rabbi Weimar a feeling of the, what, what island we have over here. You're going to see the results. Right, why we can see the results? Not everybody else can see it. I'm going to share it in a minute as soon as everybody's done. Okay, five, four, three. Okay, 41% okay. of people say they feel fully connected, fully connected externally and internally. Right, why we they have the, the, they feel fully connected. They came just to say hello. Beautiful. Ah, beautiful. I got it. You got to help me. <laughs> yeah, you came for the share. See, the share's for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did the mitzvahs, but inside, I feel disconnected inside 30% of the people. 40% of the people are, you know, depends on the day. 6% of the people feel weak with doing the mitzvahs, but very connected. In what area do you feel the most emotions? 31% of the people feel davening, which is the, the, the winning answer. 40% learning, 25% chesed, 8% mitzvahs, and 22% yom, yom tov and shabbos. Shab shabbos yom tov. Okay. So this is this with the oil. Okay, so let's start. I, I have a few questions. I, I have to say yes. People who come Sunday night, so late at night to spend time. Yeah. Huh? Yeah, you could X out the, the thing now, everyone. It's on the screen if you can call yeah. me. Okay, I see you. I see you again. Okay, so the first question let's start with, and we'll start, and then everybody will start asking. People are texting already. Anybody wants to text me, and then the will put you on the Weimberger. Copyright what we have them. The first question is a very general question. When we do mitzvahs day in and day out, what, what happened? Just click on mute. Okay. Yeah. Good. Sorry. Okay. When we do mitzvahs day in and day out, it becomes routine and it loses a lot of emotion sometimes. How can we get ourselves to start feeling more of the emotions again when we do stuff? The Vaishlam gave us two main kalim, which he taught us through Chazal and through the tzaddikim how to use these kalim to energize our Avedis Hashem. 
And the two kalim are Tyra and Tefillah. Those are the two kalim. Again, mitzvahs, we're talking about how I should perform the mitzvahs with more energy. The mitzvahs themselves, of course, are energizing. But the Barishlam gave us two things that we could work on. Like right now, we're holding by Rosh Chaydesh. It's already Bayes. We're going into Gimel. And Yantiv is coming up very soon. Each and every one of you and myself should be preparing for Purim. How do we prepare for Purim? If you're going to wait until Purim arrives and you don't make any hachanas, you don't make pre preparations. I'm not talking about the Shalach Manasin and, and getting, you know, opening up the piggy bank to see what you got for the Matanas and getting the food and all that stuff. That's nice. That, that, that has to be prepared also. I'm not talking about that. But in terms of the Tyra and Tefillah, when Chazal Ramagalatas that Shleishim Yom Kaid Machai, thirty days before, thirty days before, I begin to, I begin to prepare. So each person has to find within himself in terms of Torah, not to wait till it comes to Purim, not to wait till it comes to Yantiv. A person has to immerse himself and herself in the Svarma whatever it is that speaks to you. Whatever it is that speaks to you, to learn the Svar and to prepare for Yantav so that by the time you come to Purim, you're on fire, you're excited about what Purim is. You, you understand it. And you're able to, you're able to, to be excited about that Yantav when it comes. Torah is a tremendous hachana. For those who are learning the Sugyas in Halacha to prepare for Purim, and the Mesachta, that's also a huge way to prepare for the excitement of, of a Yantiv, not just to fall into Yantiv. You have to make a Chanes for Yantiv. The second thing is Tefillah. Now, when I use the word Tefillah, I'm not only speaking about Shachus Menchemar. We do whatever we can to strengthen our Tefillah. But I'm talking about the thousands and thousands of Jews that I've spoken to over the years whose lives have been changed by beginning to develop a rapport with Hashem in their own personal way, with their own words. This is not just, I'm not, I'm not a, a card-carrying breast of a chassid, although I wouldn't be ashamed to be one. They're very holy people. I'm not a breast of a chassid. I'm very deeply attached to Lukut Amaran and, and so on. But, but the breast of us did not, did not um, invent his Baidus. It was the way of Avadis Hashem from the time of the Nevi'im and all the way through the years, and the Chavetz Chaim and other great Sadiqim, the Chassam Saif and Sadiqim, were Isaac and his Baidus. His Baidus means that the same way with everything else in life, everybody, everybody over time, you know, the one of the one of the uh, Chazal say that Haman was a big Balash and Haru. And he said, Yeshna Ya'amechad. And Chazal say that he was saying, Elokeyem Yashnu, that their God is old and, he, and he's a fashluf in a God. He's sleeping. People do the same thing. That was what you were asking. It said on the thing before. People do the same thing day in, day out. And it becomes just rote. It becomes, it becomes just something that you do by habit or that you have to do and to be part of. But when a person, when a person, just imagine this, have uh, you take out the Kedusha Slavi and you learn the Kedushas for Purim. You learn the Kedushas for Purim, the Kedusha Slavi. And not only do you learn the Kedusha Slavi, you start, I'm talking to men and to women. 
you learn, not only do you learn the Kedushas Levi, but you start writing down, you learn a piece of Kedushas Levi, and you start writing down thoughts that you have, and then you start to write tefillas that you have based upon the Torah that you learn. You start to daven, to be able to absorb, to acquire, to put into practice what the Rebbe is talking about, what Kedushas Levi is talking about. Like the Tzaddikim said, to take your Torah and to make them into tefillah, to bring Torah and tefillah together. Then, then everything is new, everything is exciting, and everything is fresh. It doesn't just happen on its own. Why is it that when you meet a Balshuva, when you meet a, when you meet somebody that's new, somebody that somebody that just joined us recently, you see in them such a chiyah, such an excitement, right? And you're thinking in your head, maybe he doesn't know what he's getting himself into, especially if you see like a Gerd Sadik and or a Gyaris, like wow. You know, I'm sure you've had conversations with Geirim, you've had conversations with Balei Tshuva, some of you on our Balei Tshuva or maybe Geirim. And I know many of the Balei Tshuva, they're longing for that time when they first, when they first joined. The Geir misses that moment of toiling in the mikveh and coming up and being a Jew. How do we, how do we as people who are, who are not Balei Tshuva, who are not, we don't have that schus, we are, I hate to use the, the, the terrible term, but we're from, from birth. I once said years ago that, that the word tshuva does not mean me to return, or repent is not a Jewish word, but to return. It means, it means an answer to a question. You see, the Baal tshuva is a person that was living a life, and he began to ask questions. He began to examine. He began to th think about what it is, in it, what is he doing in his life? What's the tachlis of my life? And he looks at us, the from from birth, and he says, oh, those guys, those girls, they're my answer. Now, we have the answer. Baruch Hashem, our parents raised us through empty yeshiva. We were given the answer on a silver platter. Menachem is talking about that. It was given to us. We didn't make the choice. We, we got those answers. So we need to become ba'alei she'elois. You understand what I'm saying? We need to begin to ask questions. Not questions that come from skepticism, but a longing to know, a desire to know. The Ramchal has a say for Derech Eitzchayim. Derech Eitzchayim. And the Ramchal says that the beginning of being a Jew, the beginning of being a Jew is to ask, is to ask, what was it about Avram Avinu that made him different? What made Rivki Emenu with the Rivki Emenu? What is it in my life that is going to give me my life meaning and depth and joy? What is it? And unless you're a person that you're seeking answers and you're asking real questions, and that's what this is about, this program, then you just go on day after day. It's all the same thing. It's all the same thing. But if you're a Baal Shaila and you stop and you ask yourself, my name is Chaim Moshe Ben Peru. Chaim Moshe Ben Peril, forget about Purim Tavshin Pei Tavshin Ayin Tes. It's now Purim Tavshin Pei Aleph. It's Purim in the middle of the in the middle. I hope it's at the end of this crazy matzav that we're in. Tavshin Pei Aleph, Shushan Habira, Chaim Moshe, bottom of the ninth, bases loaded, three and two counts. You're up at bat. You're in Shushan. What is it? What is it? What does it mean to be a Jew? What is Purim? What does it mean, Hashkocha Pratis? What does it mean that you don't see God in your life? The Borishalom is not in your life. But then after the Halmai says, oh, you see that he never left you for a second. He was with you the whole time. Mamish, every single second he was with you. You thought he wasn't with you. What does it mean, Batsar Her Chavtali? That I'm in a hard place. And when a Jew is in a hard place, 
the main thing is not what this scientist or this politician, the main thing is, what is the Bonishal, what does he want of me? What is he asking of me? Unless you work at this, it just doesn't happen to you. You have to work at it. It's not Voida. It's not Voida Hashem. That's what we were put here, to work hard. It's not easy. It's not highest to work at it. Wow. I just want to, we're discussing the emotions. I just want to back up for a minute. There's a question here that I believe I've heard from others also. Who said we need feelings and emotions in Avoidus Hashem? My grandparents just didn't, uh, just did everything they were supposed to do, and I didn't see it by them, and even by Mori Rosh Hashiva. The answer to that question is very, very basic. First of all, the fact that you didn't see it by grandparents or by Rosh Yeshiva doesn't mean that they didn't have it. That's the first thing. Is I don't know what's in another Jew's heart. I don't know what that person, I don't know what, what, what in his own Dalat Amis of Avodah Hashem, what, what he was about. I don't know that. But to respond to the question, which takes us to Yiddishkeit 0001. I have the deepest respect for all that I received from my parents. My father, Oliver Shalom, was a, a Muradikayid. Some of you might have seen that this, that Shuli Bessa, the whole thing that my father, Emishbacha, this, this past week. My father's a Muradikayid. I didn't see my father, I didn't see my father jumping up and down by diving. I remember the once when I started doing that, when I was a Bach, my father gave me a little bit of a look and I go, whoa. And I stopped with the heavy shockling and the big jumping. I didn't see him. I didn't see him doing that. Outwardly, I didn't see, I didn't see it. But you know what I saw? I saw Jews, I saw Jews like my father and my mother, that they were not demonstrative. They were raised as very modest and hidden people their love of the Barnishon, their love of Yiddishkeit, and their love of Jews was through what they did and, and how they held on through the Nisiyanus. But your question, the, this Sadik's question takes us to the Aleph base of Yiddishkeit. And I didn't know that you were going to ask this, but I anticipated such a question. So we were talking about the Ramchal. The Ramchal is Mukubal by all Chugim. Whether you're a Chassidish a Litva Shayid, a Svadu Shayid, even a Taiman Shayid, but the Ramchal's our Rebbe. Maskim, everybody's Maskim. You okay with the Ramchal? Maskim, fine. So the Ramchal, you know that we have the Mesil Sharm, we learn there's a version that the Ramchal has in Mesil Sharm that's written in a way, the Vikuach. It's written in a way of a Vikuach, of a, uh, between a, a Chachem and a Chassid. And, and the question that you asked was actually asked by the Chacham. And the person who asked this question on the program is a Chacham. And the question was asked in, in the Vikuach the Ramchal of the Chassid. Omar Chassid, listen carefully. I read you just one or two sentences. Because the, the Chacham asked the same question. The question was, Listen, this is the Chacham's question. What is the Shleimus of a Jew in this world? 
to listen to Hashem, to keep all the mitzvahs. Mitzvah, mitzvah, b'shaitu. Each mitzvah at the right time. Kishiyadati hilches hashas. And to the degree that I know well all the halachas of shas. B'sifrei ha'poyskim. Hina yadati yimashem etzdarach l'shleimusi. I'm I'm in a place of shleimus. I'm in a place of, of what a Jew is supposed to be doing. This is what God wants me to do, to learn the halachas, to learn the mitzvahs, and to observe the mitzvahs. So that's the chacham. Now the Ramchal, of course, is the hidden chassid over here. He created this, this form of literature, as we see many of the Kadamonim used like the Kuzri and so on, which was a fictitious conversation between the king of the Kuzrim and, and the Chacham, which is really Rabbi Yudalevi, of course, created the whole thing. So Amra Chosid, Ramchal says, Emma Sadover, it's true. It's true that when you know Shas and Poskim, then you know what you're supposed to do in life. But do you know, based upon what you are studying, do you know what you're supposed, that your heart is supposed to be exploding with? Do you know what your mind is supposed to be filled with? And he continues. You, the Chacham, who asked this question, this is the source to look at. You don't have to go, you don't have to go to an obscure place. The Chacham over here, you asked, I say Chacham as a compliment also. The Chacham asked, like in the Messiah Shasharm, what does God want? What does God want of us? Now listen to the answer. Moshe Benes says from Hashem, here we go. To love Hashem. You ever, you ever learned the Rambam what it means to be in love with Hashem? He compares it to the love of a woman that you can't think of anything else. Did you ever read Shir Hashir, my friend? You ever go to Shabbos with Shir Hashir? Shlomo Melech, it's a little bit embarrassing. Your ears turn red. Should we go over some of the Psukim in Shir Hashir? Ula hava oisai. Vilabad is Hashem ulakecha. Bechol levavcha. Bechol nafshecha. You said those words this morning and this night. And tonight, if you don't do any marriage. Bechol levavcha. Ula hava Hashem ulakecha. Bechol levavcha. Bechol so the Ramchal says the following. All that your life is about, which you said is all of Yiddishkeit, which means what? Learning the mitzvahs, Shas and Poskim, and observing the mitzvahs. It's only one of the items listed in this Pasuk. There are four other in Yon. The Heng, Hayira, Hahalicha Bedrocha, Ahava, Avoida Belayev, Nitzushim Levadi Diasamisla Soisam, Sarchid Arba, Dvorma, Chemish Mislavim, Elasil Ashlima. The Amchal says that the Bunshim is telling us, Befevish Nuchumish, this is not the Chsidis, this is not 
This is not the Lashem, you understand? This is Beferish Nechumish. That in order for a person's observance of mitzvahs to be in a place of Shlemus, in order to should have nachas ruach and a tanug from your avoda, which is less anig al Hashem, which the Ramchal says the beginning is the tachlis of being in this world is less anig al Hashem. V'ulam ata, but you lefid v'racha ve'echad nisasakta. You're only busy with one of these things: learning and keeping the mitzvahs. Va'arba heinachta. And four of them, four of these you have put on the side. That's exactly what the Chavis Levavis writes in his Hagdama. That's the reason why Rabbi Sal Salantas, Chusi Elenu, came to the world. That's the reason that the light of the seven days of creation of Asanta Vachadj was sent into the world. Because the Baruch Shalom saw that at the end of time, they're going to be Chachamim who are going to think that the only thing in Yiddishkeit is what? Is to be mamish, to be mamish like a Goylem that just does and learns and does and learns and feels nothing. And the Pasuk says that learning, learning and keeping is one of the four Ahava, Halach de Vira, Dveikis Bashem, Uboy Sidbak. The Pasuk doesn't, the Torah goes on. The Ramchal goes on, we don't have time. Uboy Sidbak. According to you, what does it mean, Dveikis Bashem? So the usual answer that the good Yeshiva Bacha gives is, well, it means to be Mesdabek Bechachonim. It means to, to, to connect to Tamachachim. That's true. And that's and that's if you look in the Sefer Mitzvahs, and if you look in the and if you look in the other Minyani Hamitzvahs, then you'll see that Dvekis to Tamachachim is a hechet timsa to be dovek to Hashem. It doesn't mean to the exclusion of one's Dvekis to Hashem. It means that through our connection to Tamir Chacham and Sadiqim. Now you said that you see that even Tamir Chacham that they don't feel anything. That's Haytzah's uh, laws on Sadiqim and Tamir Chacham. I don't believe that's true. All of my rebbeim were litvish rebbeim. I was not raised in Hasidus. My rebbeim were Litvish. I had a Rebbe my, who was my Masonic illusion, who I don't go a day without thinking of. I don't know if you heard of him. His name was Reb David Lifshitz, the Suval Kirov. That was my Rebbe, Reb David Lifshitz. Reb David Lifshitz was a Yid, a Tzaddik that was on fire with a Lokus. Who do you think the Chavetz Chaim was? Who do you think the Baruch Bear was? What do you think the Vilna Gain was? What do you think the Vilna Gain was, was doing in his spare time? What do you, what do you think he was doing? He was, he was munching on, on, on sushi and, 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 and what do you think he was doing, the, the, the Vilna Gain? Who do you think the Vilna Gain was? Are we massing the Tvekas of the Rambam? So when a, person, when a person who's been learning in Yeshiva his entire life asks a question, where do we see that, the, that emotions has anything to do? I didn't see that my rebbeim, I didn't see that my parents, my grandparents, Listen, we're not the first ones to struggle with this. And, and it could be that our parents and our grandparents also. I'm not saying that everything was perfect in the past. But my but, but that's not my, my... The answer to this question is, what does Hashem want of us? And that we're taught in the Torah. Torah Shebech and Torah Shebalta. And Torah Shebech and Torah Shebalta says, the first thing, of course, is you have to keep every mitzvah regardless whether you feel or you don't feel. You have to be both of Hashem. It's not a shayla. You have to keep everything. That's not a, that's not negotiable. You keep everything. That's bitum tashem. No matter how you feel, you feel good. You don't feel good. You, you have to do everything. That's not the, that's not up for a discussion. We're not talking about that. But the shaila is what's the tachlis? I just read to you from the Ramchal. 
if you have a hasog in the Ramchal, you can have a hasog in the Ramchal. It says, It's a mystery of Da'as Hashem. Look at the Rambam, the first prophet. Look at Yisaydat Torah. The Bernshalm says he wants you to know him. Tell me something, my friend, the Chalchim. When you, when you learn when you learn Shlaim Arches and Metalis, how how what exactly changed in your knowledge of Hashem when you learned Shlaim Arches and Metalis? What changed in your Das of Hashem? Look at the Rambam. The Rambam says, and I just look at the Rambam. You look at all the Rishayim. Look at Rabsadigayim. Look at Kuzri. Look at Chavis Halavavis. Look at all the all the Kadmonim. All the Kadmonim are crying and screaming about the same thing: a Yiddishkeit without Das, without knowing Hashem. Knowing means connection. It means devakus. They all were crying about the same thing. Mashiach means the molar is Deus Hashem kamaim le'am You couldn't possibly believe that the tachlis that all of history is waiting for, that we should go to a, that we're going, when Mashiach comes, we're going to go to some minion factory, come 10 minutes late to a 20 minute davening and leave five minutes early. Do you really think that's what all of this is about? That's why the Bernishalim made this whole, this whole parasha called, uh, called the world and the history of the world was that we should be able to have uh, more minion factories with davening is 15 minutes. So you come Shabbos 20 minutes late, leave 20 minutes early and have a kiddush in the middle. You really think that's what it's about? Now you officially davened. You were yitzay maybe davening, but do you think that's what it means? I gave a marshal. I'm sorry for being, I, I could talk for, for 20 hours this question. I'm sorry. Right, 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 right. I just want to let you know, we have so many people that want to ask you questions. So I'm letting you know. So Okay, so then I'll, so then I'll, then I'll stop. Shrike. Next. Okay, we'll start first. Okay, you're on. Rabbi Weinberger. Okay. I'm on? What, am I, what, what's the, what was the next question? It's coming. Oh. Hey, Rifki on? Yes, I am. Hi. Okay, so my Hi, can you hear me? Yes, I hear you. Yes, okay, so my question is as follows. My circumstances, Baruch Hashem, um, which I say for everything, have found me where I'm in a situation where I'm divorced and living alone. And there are many, many different Nisiyonas that go along with that. I really, really, really have Baruch Hashem and Muna and Batachan. But I find that for some reason, when it comes to Shabbos and I'm Ready, get it, I get ready for Shabbos and I'm excited about it. The minute Shabbos comes in and I bench the left and I'm alone on my own, there's something that takes over me that I cannot bring myself to get out of my bed till the end. The pain is so deep. My tears don't stop because I'm so connected and I want to be able to enjoy the greatest gift is Shabbos. This Shabbos was Shabbos Shkalim. I was busy talking to everyone about what the Shabbos would be, but there's something that comes over me when I'm alone on Shabbos and I'm faced, I'm in a basement on my own. Unfortunately, due to whatever, it's not due to whatever, there's a plan that the Abishta has, but I want to know what is it? Why is it that I beg the Abishta, let me enjoy the Shabbos and do what is meant to be done, go out, meet with people. And for some reason, it's like chas v'shalom, I'd be paralyzed. I can't explain it. And it's like, not that I'm not connected. And it's like, not that I don't have the amunah and batachan. 
it's something that is so painful that it's very hard for me to even understand. It's, it's very deep. It's a very, very deep concept. And I'm trying to figure out where is it coming from? Why is it happening to me? Why am I allowing the years or the Sahara to take over instead of being able to fight it and, and just be able to do what's expected from me, even in the circumstances I am in. Uh, I didn't catch the name. The name is Rivka? Yes. Okay, Rivka. First of all, myself, with all of us here together, right? All of us together, we give you a bracha that you should never be lonely. We give okay. you a bracha that your Shabbos should be filled with joy and should be filled with companionship. We all give you a bracha. We all give you, we, we, I, I don't know you, but you're obviously a very holy and special person. I could hear in your voice and, and what you're saying. And we all give you a bracha that you, your Shabbos should be filled, filled with simcha and with nachas. That's Allah. As far as why, Rivka, let me tell you something. This is a very deep question. You said it is, and it is. And it, and it, would, take, it would take much more. It's not for this, it's not really for this kind of a, of a venue, but I'll tell you this. I used to think, Rivka, I used to think when I started off teaching and, and I had to deal with a lot of questions that Heva had, I, I used to think that, that, um, that, the answer, that the questions were essentially religious in nature and were based on Shilas in Machshave, in Hashkafe, and so on. And because I consider myself to be a little bit learned in some of those things. So I used to think that I have, you know, some good answers. In the meantime, I've discovered that I'm not really as learned as I thought, but I discovered something else that's much more, that's much more important. I've discovered that the vast majority of our brothers and sisters who are struggling with their Yiddishkeit, which you're connected to, I'm not saying you're struggling, but who are struggling with, with, difficult Shabbases or with the difficulty of just continuing on with their Yiddishkeit in, in a in a Hartziga way, that the problems are not rooted in theology at all. I venture, and that's why I began by giving you a bracha, Rivka, I venture to, to say, to think that you're somebody that you have the capacity to be very happy. And that you've had times in your life that you were very happy. Yeah. I know what you're talking about, the sadness of divorce. And I'm not ashamed to say that I have two children who are divorced. And out of, out of our family, we have two children who are divorced with children. And I see them and I watch them and I feel their pain every moment of, of my life. I know what that is. But the bottom line is that it's not a question that could be answered Theologically, it's an answer that can only, it's a question that can only be answered with companionship. And if I were able to find that person in the world who should be with you in that basement and for whom you would be the queen, the princess in that person's life, if I could right now do anything I could to find that person, all of us would do that for you if we could, to find that person and to bring that person mamish to you. Then, then your Shabbos would be left like your Shabbos because you're a firm God-fearing person that's filled with Amuna. And, and you're lonely. And I know a lot of lonely Jews. 
and I've spent time talking to a lot of lonely Jews. It's not anything I could answer with the Ramchal. It's the only way I could answer you is with a person in your life that, you, that you're davening for, that Hashem should send you very quickly. That's all the only way I could answer. But I could add one thing. I could add one thing. This goes back to what I was saying before. I started giving the, the, a few weeks ago in the shul, but it's not just the shul with because now everything is uh, with um, uh, live stream. I started giving shiurim and the Indian of his part of this. And I began with a few shiurim learning inside from the writings of one of the great mashpim of our generation, a dear friend of mine, Ravi Samer Schwartz, the author of Bilvavi Mishkanavna. And we began learning about the introduction to true davening comes with the deepest, deepest awareness that not only is Hashem your father and your king, our father and king, but Hashem is Yedid Nefesh. Hashem is my dearest, dearest, dearest friend. Hashem is my friend. Between Hashem and, and a Jew is a relationship of dearest companion and friend. All I could say, Rivka, is that soon, Mitch Hashem, you should have a Yeshua. The candles are not going to be burning brightly until that time, unfortunately, but they can be, they can be brighter to the extent that you feel in that basement with you, you feel the presence of the Shechina. And to the extent that the Shechina is part of your life and you strengthen yourself in that relationship with the Yedid Nefesh, because that Yedid Nefesh goes with you wherever you are in life. I come from families where every single person in their lives, everybody was killed. They had nothing. And the reason that I said, going back to the last question about emotion, I don't know what kind of emotions they have, but I know one thing, that my parents, every moment of their lives, the, reason, the way they were able to survive is because they felt that Hashem is here with me right now. Rivka Hashem is your Yedid Nefesh. He's with you. It's not, it's not a replacement or a substitute for the Yedid Nefesh that we all want you to have. And that should be Mamish Keherifayim. But if Hashem will be your best friend, that companionship will make it easier to wait until that day and will make the Shabbos a little bit brighter. It should be soon. Let's go. We have so many more questions. Let's try to catch some more. Shia? Hi. Yes, hi. Thank you so much. Um, Rabbi Weinberger, so my question is as follows. So now we're in Adar and I feel this pressure. You have to be joyful and simply got to up the game. <laughs> I really feel it. I'm reading about it and I want it. I want to feel it. And I have some days, obviously, that we feel more basimcha. We like, we're really on that ball. We're like on a roll. And then the Yitzhahara kicks in. And just even though there's so much good going on, that little negativity just he throws it in you and takes over your mindset and even your physical sense. You feel it. And you're like thrown off the ball. And you're like, that's it. You're on the floor. Not like you feel like you're in that struggle, like your mind and your heart, like you want to feel that joy and that Itahara is just, you know, victor victorious. So um, I feel like I really want to, I want to win, <laughs> especially yeah. now in Udder. I wanted to up my game. So as, as a mom, as a role model, as, you know, and I'm always the type of person in general, like everyone tells me, you know, you have some chasechaim, you're such a positive person. I am, especially in general, my out from my outside, the look, I'm always looking that way, but from inside, I have sometimes I have to fight it, and um, I need some tips, especially for Adar. I want to up my game. 
Okay, you sound like a happy person. You sound like a happy person. What's your first name? Uh, Sarah. Sarah. You know, sometimes when you want something, sorry, you want something very, very bad. The Yetzirah, Davke, can make you Meshuggah the other way when you want something very badly. Like, I remember the first time when I was a kid and I went to the Kaisal the first time. So I was looking around. And I, see, I saw a lot of people crying and I, and I felt terrible that I wasn't like, uh, I, wasn't, I didn't feel like crying. And I tried to make myself cry and I made myself <laughs> Meshuggah trying to cry. Mishnechnes Adam Arben Besimcha doesn't mean that all of a sudden, when when uh, it was Marav on the night of Rosh Chodesh, that uh, that the the clock ding, and all of a sudden Moshe and Sarah and the rest of our Chavra, that all of a sudden, oh, I'm so happy. Why is this happy? Why am I happy? I became happy because it says So I always say over the teaching of the Chidush Arim. The Chidush said that doesn't mean when Adar arrives. It means when the deeper meaning of what Adar is enters into you. When you absorb what other is, then that will cause there to be great joy. Now, what I was saying earlier was that it's very hard to all of a sudden feel to feel joyous. There are a lot of things in the world that get us down. A lot of the lot of a lot of uh, hard things that 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 are, that are that we're surrounded by, and we've especially this past year, people that we that we love that are, that have been sick and people have died, and and there's a lot of difficult uh, things that have been going on. You know, one of the tzaddikim, not only one of the tzaddikim, but a number of the tzaddikim, spoke about how to make oneself happy in the simplest way with milidishlusa. You know what milidishlusa means. Sorry, you go out and you buy yourself a, if you're able to, everybody has different, you know, budgets, buy yourself some nice dress. Go, go and get yourself something that you didn't want to get for a long time. Go and do something that's exciting, that's fun, that you've been putting off for a while. Now, you might say, Rabbi Warmberger, what are you talking about? This is supposed to be a simchas hanefesh, and I'm supposed to be happy about Esther Malka and about how, how, uh, they tried to kill us and, and, and we won. And uh, I'm supposed to be in love with Hashem. I'm supposed to be happy. Yeah, it's all true. But those are things that are very hard to force. If you if you learn, if you do what I was talking about before, the learning of Purim and the preparations and the tefillahs that come to preparing for Purim, that'll help a great deal. But the key thing is the following. Sadness comes from the Yisoyed Ha'ofer. Me'ofer ato ve'lo'ofer tasha. Sadness comes from the goof, from the body. Offer. It has no life. Joy comes from the neshama, from the soul. The neshama is the nishmas chayim. When a person is, when a person gives himself or herself a shot of chiz, only in a way that's permitted. I'm not talking cholesterol to do something that's not allowed, not their eyes, not their abundance. But when a person feels that I that a, a need for 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 chiyas, so ideally that could come with Torah and with tefillah, and that can come with doing mitzvahs. A simcha of a mitzvah is a gavaldiga thing. But whenever a person strengthens the neshama against the guf, he feels joy. The guf is lazy. The guf is lifeless. The guf is bored. 
the goof is depressed, the goof is dead. It's a shtick pulse, a piece of wood, it's a clump of dirt. The neshama is alive. The neshama is alive. So how do we enliven our neshamas? So each one of us has to find ways to enliven, to give chiyas to the neshama. Ideally, it's with teremises, it's with tefillah, it's with singing, your favorite nagunim. It's with doing a crazy dance when no one's watching you. All kinds of things, whatever it is. But even mili deshtusa, even something that's Irish guy, even something that's Irish guy. Now maybe you know I'm I'm saying this a lot of a lot of the people who might be upset with me. Mili deshtusa means to listen to some jokes to the. They would him that they knew how to tell a good joke. But now tell you you know he knew how to tell he knew how to tell a good joke. The Rapshitz. Why why would Sadiqim telling jokes? And the Rapshitz I once said over, I heard from Ayid that the Rapshitz said the biggest joke that was ever told was by Maimon Hasinai, because Maimon Hasinai was the biggest shear. And the Gemara says that the Rebbe, before he would give a shear, the Rabbi would say over Musa to open up the hearts of the Talmudim, of the students, so then they would be able to learn Torah. So since Maimon Hasinai was the biggest shear, it must be that Hashem told the best joke at Maimon Hasinai. Because how can you give a big shear if you don't give a good joke, right? So what was the joke that Hashem said by Maimon Hasinai? It had to be the best joke ever, right? Because it was the biggest shear ever. The joke was when he said, Kofalem Hakigigis, the Rapshit said, it's not Warren Burger. Kofalem Hakigigis, when Hashem said, when Hashem held him out over the heads and said that if you're going to, if you accept the Torah, good. If not, I'm going to drop it on you. And everybody go, what? And Hashem said, just kidding. I would never do that. I love you. I would never drop them out on you. And then everybody started to laugh. And the Barnum said, now listen to me. I know Hashem will care. I know Hashem will care. That's the Rapshit says, Vard. So more take a deep Vard. It's, it's, it's funny, but it's very deep. What the Rapshit said did was, like other tzaddikim, you know the Dovod Melch, the Zohar called this called Dovod Melch, but Chana de Malka, the court jester. I knew a Jew in Farakway. I wasn't a, I wasn't Zohar to be in a Talmud of his, even though I had a very close personal relationship. His name was Rav Shomer Feifel. Do you ever read the book of Rav Shomer Feifel? There's a book. Rav Shomer Feifel, when you were with him, you felt joy. And he knew how to tell a good joke. And I remember someone told me that they were at his Levaya, and one of the Maspidim said, Oi, Rebbe, you know how to tell a good joke. And somebody that was there, like a very, very serious, like, you know, uh, real serious, like Ishvitsini uh, type, you know, the ones that, like, uh, from the kingdom of sadness type of guys. And this, and this person said, what is he saying? He's saying that Refraifel was a late, Leitonis, Leitonis, Leitonis. So a couple of good jokes, some of some old music that you enjoy, to go to, go to uh, a good dance, go to a restaurant that you like if you could eat outside with, or with social distance, I don't want to get in trouble, whatever it is over there. Make yourself happy. When the, because when you do that, in a way that's permitted, when you do that, right. then, then, the neshama, then the neshama is speaking. When the neshama is speaking, then your davening is a different davening. Even if it's merely the stusa. What do you think I'm Purim? We do all kinds of crazy things. Crazy things on Purim. What's all the narish type of Purim? Some of it is because you, because a person drank a little bit and they're feeling a little bit tipsy. But the Rosh wants us to generate more simcha in our lives by doing all kinds of things that make us happy. I'm talking at a very simple level. When you're, right. not, when you're not succeeding in other ways, mili dishtus. Got it. Thank you. I appreciate that. Enjoy. The simcha. Amen. Here we go. Me? Hi. Yeah, hi. How are you? Shalom Aleichem. Shalom Aleichem. Shalom Aleichem. My name is Rafal. Rafael, yeah, hi. Hello. Hello. Uh, the question is maybe a little bit similar to what was just asked, but in a more limited uh, respect. 
how would you advise a person to deal with a matzav in which a day, meaning a specific day, has started with some sort of big nefila, some sort of emotional crash, tzargit uh, al or he found out uh, whatever, some big sara has occurred, and simply on just on a yom yom basis, not so much a life uh, eitza, but an eitza for a day that looks like it's going to tank and is going to be a total waste to sort of save that day. You know, things will work out eventually, the next day even maybe, but for, the, for a day. So that's, that's the question, basically. I have a follow a good question. I struggle with that myself, so I appreciate that we could share this. I know what you're talking about. Because the type of a person is that uh, everything goes, like the Gemara says, Aklal is Gufa Basaresha, like right, right in the, the, like in the Sukkah. And Gufa Basaresha means that uh, the, the beginning of something sort of sets a tone for the rest of, that's what it means, Gufa Basaresha. That the Guf follows the Rosh. And if the Rosh begins at the beginning is, if the beginning is hard, so then the, the rest is difficult. That's why this farm say that Rosh Hashanah Rosh Hashanah, every minute of Rosh Hashanah is I, because the whole year depends on those, on the beginning, the beginning, the Rosh, the beginning. So sometimes, sometimes a person begins in such a way where, where it's a clap. It doesn't have to be like you said, it doesn't have to be a major clap, but it could set the tone for the rest of the day. I can only share with you my own strategy, things that I picked up in the Swamakadashim and I try to put into use. Uh, since it's Purim, let's make everything that we could, we could talk for everything. So Esther Malka got up that morning and it was a, it looked like it was a pretty, pretty, it was going to be a pretty bad day. Uh, based upon what was happening and what she was told, things looked pretty dismal for that day. And uh, it was a day of Kasher, of Aditi, of Aditi, that uh, looked very bad. And the Megillah, it says, a few words, and I live with these words. But listen, have listen to this. Not just your fault. But Esther. Esther means that when a Jew experiences a hastapon, reform. What you were talking about was a hastapon. That the beginning of the day, my kid, something bad happened, or whatever it is, an argument or some news that's not good. So that's called Esther. That's called hastapon. What do you do when, when you're in a matzah of a toisef Esther? That some hestapanim has been, been added and come into your life, especially at the beginning of the day. So the way that the Megillah says to deal with it is, toisef Esther, v'atidaber l'fnei ha-melech. Now you said you were repeating a little bit, so I'm also repeating a little bit. You're not the only one that can repeat. Means, means that when I have that, I say, I go on the side someplace when no one's watching me, so it shouldn't become crazy. And I say, I believe what I learned in the Sarah I believe what I learned in Ephesheim, what I learned in Tanya. I believe what all the Tzaddikim revealed, that every day is completely new. It never was, never will be. And not only that, I believe that this very second you are bringing me into existence, this very second, as we're taught in Nefesh and in Tanya, 
This very second, you're giving me my life. Therefore, I'm speaking to the King of all kings and I'm asking you, help me to know that just because that minute that I experienced was painful, I was asked upon him, that that does not create any kind of a momentum. It does not create any kind of a rut. It does not create any kind of a kvias. And whether the rest of the day is going to be gewaldic or it's going to be terrible, depends upon my matzeruah, how I'm a kabul, that difficult moment in a way of emuna. And I don't just swallow it. I talk to Hashem and I say, Shalom, you're here with me right now. That was really bad. That news that I got was really bad. Give me some good news. Shalom, help me. Give me some chiyas to get up. Make the rest of this day. Give me this next moment. I'm starting again. It's a new moment. It's a new, my life, everything is brand new. I have a shlichus in this world. What do you want from me this day? If you're going to get stuck in that news, you're not going to be able to go forward. Every one of us, one of the greatest sources of simcha in life is knowing that you have a shlichus. You know, when you take a little kid, one of the things I always saw by, by the children when they were growing up is that when you have a kid, especially if it's a kid that sometimes gets into trouble and you say, you know what, daddy, tati, abba needs you to help, help. You need, I need you to help me with this. I need you to help. I, I have something very important for you to do. I did the same thing as a Rebbe in yeshiva. Sometimes I had a boy that just wasn't learning and I got him involved in some very important shlichas to help somebody that needs some chizik to go do a, a stalker for somebody. When you feel that you're vital and that you were sent on a shlichus and the rest of the day, the punishment is waiting for you to fulfill your shlichus, you're too busy to mope. You're too busy to get depressed. You get busy doing what you have to do in this world. You're shliach of the Baruch Shalom. You're shliach of the Baruch Shalom. That's all. Shlichus. Shlichus. There was a letter that was written to the, to the Balatani Shusilainu and the Lubav Shrebi Shusilainu used to talk about this letter also that there was somebody that wrote about, this got him upset, this got him upset, this, got, this is what I need, this is what I'm missing in my life. And the tzaddik wrote back to him saying, but your entire letter is about what you need and what you want, not what you're needed for, not what Hashem wants for you. So when I go through a difficulty and I feel like uh, throwing in the towel that day, I ask myself, I daven to Hashem, I say, Shalom, help me to feel my shlichus. Why do you need me in the world? What could I do today? What could I do to give you nachas ruach? Help me, to, help me to carry out my shlichus. And if you feel that you're a shlich and you have vital shlichus, something very important to do, you'll be able to put yourself together. You'll be able to be besimcha. When you feel that you're a shliach, then you, you're excited, you're happy. Okay, weiter, it's late, I know. Okay, Rabbi Weimer, this is a question that was sent in. I'm Baruch Hashem blessed financially, comfortable life with a lot of extras. I daven, I go to the daf when I can. But inside, I feel disconnected from Yiddishkeit. Am I wrapped up too much with my luxuries? That's the connection with Hashem, and what should I do about it? Tyreed, I, I, I don't know if you're wrapped up with your luxuries and if you take them too seriously. Certainly, the Baruch Shalom wants, uh, wants a Jew to have, to, to have a good life, and, and there's no reason why you and all of us shouldn't be able to, shouldn't be able to, uh, to enjoy. There's no reason that we shouldn't be able to enjoy. But I was talking to, actually, I was talking to the Chavra this morning, and we have a Chabur on Sunday morning called the Chabur of Yosef at Sadiq. And we were talking, we were talking about this Nakuda. And I know it's been the subject of a lot of the letters back and forth in the firm magazines. And because when you open up our publications, you see that there's some sort of a, 
there's some sort of a preoccupation of the things of this world. So, my friend, if you are getting too caught up in this world, if you are getting too caught up in this world, then you should know that you're being mashlit the goof over the neshama. It means that you're empowering, if you're doing that, if you're taking Gashmias too seriously, if you're really getting into it, that means that you are, you are taking the goof and the chaya goof, the life of the goof, and you are giving it, uh, you are empowering it to be more important to, and to have greater weight and to be a greater priority in your life than your neshama. If that's what you mean by getting caught up, then you are, God forbid, caught up, and that would damage your Yiddishkeit severely. Severely, it would damage your Yiddishkeit. But if the, if, if the um, enjoyment or pleasure that you're having as a result of, of the uh, standard of life that you're able to afford, if that's something which you, which you have not established as a priority, if you have the mishkal, like it was just Pasha Shkolim, a shakla means something that has weight. If you if you are able to, like I don't know about you know you, the chaver that are here, there are things that are going on in our community with consumerism, with with gashmias, that if you actually take it seriously, if you really take these things seriously, it would be very 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 depressing, and uh, and it would be hard for me to believe that somebody that's advertising a certain magazine. And I thought for sure that it was Purim Spiel, some new magazine. I don't want to say the name of it because the name itself is a tumor. But a front person is putting out a magazine. And I thought it was pre-Purim. I thought it was funny. It's about, you know, your whole had to, to live the good life and the best wines, kosher wines, and the best kosher food. And to show a guy like, you know, on the cover with this yarmulke, you know, and sitting back in a chair, sipping on, on the latest kosher wine and getting ready for his big, 10-day trip to study the history of the camels of Dubai with all the big rabbinical speakers and the glad kosher food and so on and so forth. If you actually take that stuff seriously, but the person who's asking the question couldn't be such a Jew because you wouldn't be asking the question. You'd just be buying the magazine and buying into all that stupidity and the emptiness, the shallowness. A Jew cannot be happy if his life is shallow. I don't care if you have the good wine, if you have the best trip and you have the prettiest wife and you have the best behaved kids, and you have the nicest house with 10 extensions to the house. If you're living a life without the Rabbani Shalom, you're living a life without Avodah Hashem, without Kirvis Alakim Li Toiv, you're living a shallow, empty life. And from that, one cannot find joy, cannot find Simcha. Chazal said a long time ago, in the Medrash on Kahelas, the Pesach in Kahelas says, V'hanefesh lo The soul is not filled. And the Medrash gives the Moshul. Of what? The Medrash gives a marshal of a guy from the town that marries a basmelech. He marries a princess, a regular guy, and he buys her all kinds of gifts. And no matter what he buys her, she doesn't feel fulfilled. The soul is not filled. Because the soul of a Jew cannot be filled by, by uh, uh, trips, by expensive vacations. It can't be filled by expensive wine. It can't be filled by ridiculous kedushim of being until Cholent and Kishka and Kugel coming out of your nose and your ears. That, that's, not, that's not what can make a Jew feel uh, a sense of shlemus, that he's malay, malay, full, full. Yeah, there are a lot of Jews that they're full on Shabbos. They got to open up their belts and they sit back and they can't breathe from what they ate because they fressed by the Kiddush and then they come home and they ate again by the meal. 
The soul is empty, empty. And if your, if your wealth or standard of living somehow is, comes together with a feeling of emptiness, it means that the balance between the nefesh and the guf, uh, that shekel, that mishkal, is, needs to be adjusted. And you could be the wealthiest person. Rabbi Noah Kaddish, Rabbi Yudha Nasi was the wealthiest person in the world. Rabbi Noah Kaddish, he was Echlash Teshulchanis. And Rabbi Yudha Nasi, Rabbi Yudha Nasi was Mole. Rabbi Noah Kaddish, Rabbi Yudha Nasi was the wealthiest person in the world. But by the Mishkal, by the scale of Rabbi Yudha Nasi, this whole world, like he said, wasn't anything to him. Wasn't anything to him. The Hilgerishna, you know, the Hilgerishna lived in royalty. He had, a, he had a, a wagon with white horses and he lived in a palace. But you know that in his golden slippers, there were no souls. And, he, and he had, there was blood that was scraping against the ground. What, it doesn't, what does that mean? It means that living a high standard does not have to throw your scale off. If, it, if it's doing that, then that's a problem. Then, then, then the wealth is a problem. It doesn't have to do that. I knew wealthy Jews that they were on fire with Simcha, with Kiva Salukim. Rabbi Yudha Nasi was a tire, fine Jew, and a big Talmud Chacham. And there were other great tzaddikim like that. And you could be learning the daf, and you could be making the money, and you could be do doing all the official things that Jews are supposed to do. But it takes us back to a half hour ago. But if you're not sitting and learning Musa and Chassidus deep, if you're not working on his Baidatus, if you're not working on his boininus, if you're not asking yourself every single day of your life, what's the tachlis of my being in the world, like Ramchal says in Der Chetzchaim, why did Hashem send me to this world? What's the tachlis of my life? Was the tachlis of my life to make money? Was the tachlis of my life? Was the tachlis of my life to go with a, a seven, a seven, a twelve-piece band and stand there with a guy getting deaf at some wedding where there isn't, where there isn't a simple just a bunch of robots marching around to other people playing some Gaisha music? What's the tachlis of your life? So why aren't Jews happy? Life has never been so good. My father, Lashem, had a very, very, very hard life. Things got better after the Muhammad. He had a hard life. But he was Mole Simcha. And he didn't have any, any kindness or any complaints. Which now, if you wake up, like we said before, you wake up and the day didn't start off in a good way. Something good, you know, whatever. It's not good. There's everything's in good blues and bafal. Because if your happiness depends upon the circumstances of your life, and it doesn't depend upon what? I'm filling you on the Shama with Torah, with Tefillah, with Mrs., with Elokus. Not just because you were Yaitzi, you did the Dafyami. How did the Baruch speak to you by the Dafyami? I asked the Chevra last year, two years ago, I asked the Chevra. This was a Chevra. All of their sons were learning in the finest yeshivas in the metropolitan area, top yeshivas. Best yeshivas, great boys, great families. I asked them, I asked the fathers, some of them might be on the thing right now. I asked the fathers, we were talking and I asked them, ask your, ask your sons, when was the last time they thought of Hashem? Ask them, when was the last time they thought of Hakash Baruch? They start to, I asked them, that's homework for the week. Find out, ask, take a, take a poll. And we had a conversation after that, and it turns out that there was only one who said that sometimes during learning, he, he stops and he thinks a second about whether there's giving Hashem nachas. The rest of the boys said honestly that they don't really think of Hashem at all. 
they try when they're davening a little bit in the morning. Some of them, most of them, not even that. From the finest yeshivas. Now, if you think that that's how our, our parents and our grandparents and our rebellion and our Rosh Hashivas lived, you're making a terrible mistake. They were not empty people. They weren't empty people. So that so one, so it's possible for us for a person to be, to learn the dav and to keep the mitzvahs and to daven three times a day and to say brachas and to still be an empty and shallow person. It's possible. That's exactly what Ramchal is talking about. That's exactly what the Chagas Lubavs is talking about. It's possible to feel that. Is there time for another question? Yes, I have so many more, but I know I know we're going to end the time. We'll do this again another time if you if you invite me back. If I didn't insult anybody, we're going to come back to the, uh, show, the show. Okay, just a quick question, Rabbi I I, um, I teach, and based on what you're saying, um, with the and one of the quotes that has really. Kanish. Okay. Um, one of along the lines of what Moshe Weinberg has said about children in today's yeshivas that are not relating to Hashem. I am a teacher in high school and middle school, Baruch Hashem, and I'm Zoha to like support other teachers. And the quote that Moshe Weinberger has said in the Qual Perspectives many years ago about it's easy to blame the internet for our problems. It's much more difficult and painful to consider the possibility that we have failed to communicate the true inner joy and light of Yiddishkeit to a generation that's anxious and ready to hear it. So I just, my real question for, is, is as a mechaneches and as someone who works with mechanechos and mechanechim, like how do we kind of clarify to people, a lot of things are done in the name of chinuch that actually are in chinuch. And like, what is chinuch and what is really not chinuch so that we can kind of try to go back and look at what are we doing in our schools and is it really chinuch? Okay, so I speak with the greatest respect. You're a mechaneches, and 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 fortunate are your students, both the students themselves and the teachers, to have a mechaneches like you. I would recommend, first of all, since it's already it's already uh, very late, to understand what chinuch is, what chinuch really is, what it, what it was meant to be. You heard of the sefer Chavis Talmidim? Chavis HaTalminim is written by the Helga Piyasetzna. Our shul here in Woodmere is called Eish Kardesh. I named it after the Rebbe from Piyasetzna, Rebbe Kaladim is Kalmash Shapiro. Hashem should avenge his blood. He was at Sadi Gisad Olam. I would highly recommend that everybody takes the Chavis HaTalminim. Baruch Hashem, it was translated some years ago by uh, Feldheim. It's, there's a beautiful English Chavis HaTalminim with the Hebrew on one side, the Rebbe on one side, and the English on the other side. And in the introduction, the Rebbe has divides the introduction into two parts. The Rebbe first has a part where he speaks to the mechanchim, to you and to myself and all the other mechanchim, and then he speaks to the students. I would highly recommend that you learn the Chavisat Talmidim, the whole Sefer, but begin with the introduction to the teachers and to the students. You're going to be blown away by how that Sadiq who said this before, in between World War I and World War II, how he understood exactly what was going on, and he laid out the essentials of modern-day chinuch. Because what chinuch was 40, 50, 60 years ago, you know, if you say over the same Sichas Musa that did it, that worked for you, and you say that over whatever that Shmuz is, you say that over for some kid in, 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 in 
Tavshin Pe'alif, the kid's going to start rolling his eyes or rolling her eyes. So as a mechanic, you have to be very relevant. You have to be very current and very up-to-date. What exactly does chinuch mean? It's already very late. So I would only at this point recommend that you learn very carefully yourself. And then after you master it, to sit down with the teachers and the, and your, 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 the other teachers that you learn with and carefully study the Piazesna's introduction to Chavis and And there you will see that the deeper meaning of Chinuch, just like Chanukah Samizbeach and Chanukah Habayis, Chanukah Beis HaMikdash, means to prepare something at the beginning for its life of Kedusha. And the question in Teshvin Pe'alif is, is my being a Mechanich, am I, have I laid a certain foundation for my students to live lives of Kedusha, Kedusha of holiness? Not just lives as informed Jews who go through the motions. I think that's the part of the title that the guys gave to tonight's, that who are going through the motions, but Jews who are connected to Hashem. You'll have to read the Pizesna's Hagdama. I just don't want to use up the next 10 minutes. So maybe we'll take another question. Yes. Okay. Somebody sent in a very good question. We're going to ask that one, then we'll go to closing everyone. Okay. What was that, what was that question? Can 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 Rabbi Weinberger give chizik to a mother who is very emotionally connected to her struggling teen and is working with giving them only love and acceptance, but is surrounded by people, rebbeim and yeshivas, neighbors, relatives, or king and consider the mother to be an enabler to these kids, making her feel like it's her fault or husband's fault? Wow! Chizik for a struggling mother. Wow. What should I tell you? Look, I'll just share with you a sentence from the Zara Kaddish, the Zilgamar. Learn and then to learn it. Il molay havayadim b'nei nasher echimusha derachim kuchibichol Yisrael. If only a Jew would know how much the Rebbeinu Shalom loves each and every one of us. Havushagin kikefrai limir dafabasrei. And the person would roar like a lion and would run after Hashem. I would say to you, Sadekis, Ashreich, Ashreich, don't be discouraged by the sounds that you hear around you. Our generation is desperately in need of love, desperately in need of love. Even though it's true that in early generations, it was it, there was a certain hashpah of year that was more that was more effective in many ways, but in our generation. Loving your child who's going through struggles, loving your child is not enabling your child. It's enabling your child to end up being a healthy, well-adjusted, God-fearing person. That's what it's enabling your child to do. I would tell you, mommy, trust your instincts. There's no one that knows your child better than you. Don't pay attention to anybody. If somebody has a good aura to make, it could be that in, in, in a certain thing that might be that you could use some guidance. Of course, we all need we all need help. We all need ha'aris. But this lashon that I've heard very often, that where people who are, who, who are dealing with a child that's a little bit, that's struggling, and that parent is showering the child with love and affection, that that's called an enabler. That voice, those words, I don't care how long the beard is of the person who said it, that's coming from the malchus of atzus, the malchus of sadness. That's exactly what's breaking the children. That's what's destroying the children. The children have to feel 
that which I just told you, they have to feel that the infinite love of Hashem for them. They have to feel that their mother is on their side no matter what. That doesn't mean you always have to agree with the kid. But the child has to feel that the love that you have for him is something which is which is the the that oxygen that's going to help him to breathe during the difficult time of his life. And you're you are an enabler. You're enabling your child to live. And don't believe what anybody else tells you. A mother knows better. Could a mother make a mistake? Rarely. Mothers rarely make mistakes. And if they do, it's with Kleinekite. But in the bigger picture of who your kid is, you know better. And don't pay any attention to the to the uh, to all the mavinim, to all the all the experts. If the experts were such big mavinim that we wouldn't see what's going on all over the place, the kids are dropping like flies everywhere we look. They're dropping like flies because that person thinks because the kid is sitting the further in the front row and he's shuckling a little bit that he's that he's also not sebrachin. They were surrounded by sebrachin and children. So what is it that's missing in their lives? You're missing from their lives. A mother that's enabling. I, I give a bracha to all the children. They should have mothers that enable them. Rabbi Weinberg, I know we have to end a certain time. I just want to go to closing. I have wish that coming on tonight. We're getting all the people are texting me. When is Rabbi Weinberg coming back? So I think every Sunday night, 10 o'clock works for you every Sunday night? No, no. <laughs> so wish for coming. And I'm sure we'll speak again. We definitely have to do round two. Again, Shreff, the nano sponsor that, that helped uh, sponsor the show, was actually one of our past people that came on. It was so mechuzik that they, they felt they wanted to sponsor it. And also, uh, also uh, Rabbi Weinberger's Milwaukee Hasidim. Also. Thank you. So, uh, next Sunday, we're going to have Daniel Mechanical discussing winning our family's heart and soul for the beauty of Yiddishkeit. It's an amazing program. Please let everybody know about it. Again, we also have the Rabbi Weinberger program. We have a lot of big programs coming. If anybody has any ideas of any concepts or topics, please reach out to Coach Menachem. Um, everything again tonight is recorded. Um, it's going to be tomorrow on the Menachem's website, menachemburnfield.com. If you have any questions, please email the coach Menachem. I think it's the coach Robert Warmberger. If anybody has anything to discuss with him or wants to tell him something, and tonight's share is also number 41. You can call up the phone number. It'll be up tomorrow. The phone number is 848 grow. To all our advertising sponsors, as usual, like the school, Rabbi Yanit Zak, and Chayla Kalfush, who's from JCN, the Jewish Content Network. Really appreciate it. Coach Menachem, closing words. You can leave the oil with Chizik after Menachem. Whatever time you have. Coach Menachem. Go ahead, Before I go to closing, I, I just want to mention to the last question. Um, she's probably, this mother's probably feeling like she's battling a war. Who knows how many people she has to fight. And um, like you said, Hashem should help her, give us Yata Deshmaya. But I think sometimes, sometimes she, what she can do is to be there for her child. She shouldn't uh, try to fight all of those. And eventually, hopefully, the child realizes the mother's a mother and comes back. And like I mentioned uh, two weeks ago, uh, that uh, to daven for those people that are, uh, looks like they're fighting her. But maybe one day, you could say a tefillah for them. Hashem should help them, your child and yourself. Anyways, for closing tonight, Baruch Hashem. We've uh, spoken about some very deep topics, the connection of ourselves to Hashem. And uh, sometimes it could be a, a, a struggle for, for those who have our routine already up and we're doing it day in and day out already. And for us, davening and learning, what we need to do is be able to stop. And in, in other words, in a way, start again. It doesn't mean you, should, you shouldn't do what you're doing. You should continue doing what you're doing but when you go Davin, you should stop and say, where am I going now? 
learning. Why am I learning? And like Rabbi Weinberger said, the hachana and the svarim we need to learn, where we can uh, connect, find the information, and hopefully, Mitzvah, with that, we can uh, connect to Hashem. Somebody just, uh, I just want to mention, like, I asked somebody what he's doing for Shlachmanus. He said it was a bacher. He said, well, Shlachmanus is too old for that. <laughs> the kids are busy with Shlachmanus. So we don't realize what's going on. Everything is turned over. We have to stop and say, what are we doing? We have the mitzvah sayoyim, and how do I do it? Learn about it and start again. The Shem is mentioned when we learn Chumash. We shouldn't learn it like the way we learned it um, when we're in first grade. It's good what we picked up then, beautiful. But now you're sitting down, you're older, whatever age you are with, with the Svarim. So thank you very much. And we hope to have you, Mitchum, again, because this is only the beginning. Shkoyach. Shkoyach. Thank you.